Hey, it's Brad. Several years ago, I was doing a comic book called Adult Baby Vigilante. Uh, I thought it was a, just a hilarious idea to have a guy running around fighting crime, uh, wearing a baby bonnet, and <laughs> like having like rubber ducky shoes on, and driving around in like a souped-up motorcycle that said Adult Baby Vigilante on it. Uh, and also, he's beating people up with a rattler, and then that, he uses that as like a grappling hook. I mean, he's got like a utility belt like Batman does. Uh, so anyways, that was a lot of fun. It never got finished because the artist, uh, who was in the Philippines, had a flood and got attacked by snakes and had to fight them off with machetes. And <laughs> I wasn't able to finish the art because he had to deal with all this drama. So it was funny when... Ted, the other half of Dead Harvey, contacted me and said, hey, there's this guy that made this movie called Man Baby, and he's reached out to us. Uh, you got to interview him. So it was sort of like simpatico for a little bit. But uh, anyways, it was really fun uh, talking to Tim Lytell, the director of Man Baby, and sort of inspired me. Maybe I'll uh, one day finish that adult baby vigilante comic. So without further ado, here's my interview with Tim Lytell, director of the movie Man Baby. Welcome to the Dead Harvey Podcast. This is Brad. I have a very uh, awesome guest today. This is going to be a very unusual podcast. Not since the days of Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo, or European Gigolo, have we seen a man baby featured so prominently. In fact, in Deuce Bigelow, in a lot of movies you see like man babies or adult babies, you see them in very small portions. But this movie features it and it is called man baby uh this <laughs> and i have uh the writer and director with us today tim Lytell. tim uh where did you come up with this crazy ass idea well thanks brad thanks for having mm -hmm. me on i really appreciate being on the dead harvey podcast um the way this movie came to me was 10 years ago i worked uh making fetish videos so oh, i was wow. making uh <laughs> Porn, porn adjacent uh, fetish videos uh, for uh, mostly like female domination type things. Whoa! And uh, mm. the biggest sellers in in that industry uh, are diaper videos. So that that was the biggest uh, commercial. Th there, that's where the demand was, right? Mm -hmm. um, also, around that time, I had Netflix, like like a lot of us do, mm -hmm. and I watched a movie called The Baby. Uh, yes. directed by Ted Post, which I know you're familiar with. Fantastic movie. Fantastic. Movie. <laughs> also made Magnum Force in 1973. They came out at the same time, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. That's right. Yeah. So he's uh, so he's an uh, interesting director, and that is a really interesting movie. And uh, so, yeah, so those two things combined, it, it got this little bug in my head. Hey, I'm going to make um, kind of like an exploitation movie f for now, for, for, mm -hmm. the, for the 21st century. Um, about uh, something that would get uh, diaper lovers and adult baby lovers and those types of people interested. Um, mm -hmm. So it was definitely kind of initially like a commercial idea. Like I was like, okay, like th there is a there is a market for this, right? Um, as I started writing, I realized that I like that's not really the kind of movie that I want to make. I'm not really like an exploiter. I'm not really an mm -hmm. exploitation person. I, I love those movies. I, I definitely thought of this along those lines when we started, but you know, um, as I was going back and forth with the script with the, with the editor who was, who was not just editing the movie, but he's also editing the script with me. Um, 
as as we go through that, um, we realize that we had something much more unique. Um, and so that's that's what became Man Baby. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a more of a surreal comedy than than an exploitation movie. It's more of a, it's it's art film adjacent, you know. Um, yeah. But I still think it is a an exploitation comedy in a lot of ways. There's there's that part to it, um, but it's also kind of a mainstream comedy in, that, in some yeah. respects. That's what I got from it. I got that. I yeah. said this movie has it's unusual. It's probably got like some very unusual background to it, but it does have a certain mainstream appeal to it because the because um, the genesis of the movie is basically there's a there's a guy who's a trust fund trust fund baby or trust fund adult, and he mm-hmm. wants his and his you know his. He's married and his wife's uh, mom is not very approving of him because he does stand up comedy as mm-hmm. an adult baby, which is hilarious. He comes home as an adult baby and everything. So so he's getting like these these bad looks um, from the from the mom. And then the wife's kind of lecturing him. He really wants the really wants the wife to be a mom. To, to, he wants to have kids really bad, which is sort of the opposite. And, you know, like the when you gender swap the relationship. So that's kind of cool. That's unusual. Mm-hmm. And to get her to do this, he tricks like he tricks her. By having his new age friend uh, pretend to give him a potion and then he acts like a baby and then she turns him into a real baby towards mm-hmm. the end which is awesome that that's like the total like shift where it becomes like a baby mm-hmm. to me but it felt like it did have this it did have like a very mainstream pull to it it goes into like unusual mm-hmm. places but you almost feel like you're watching like a rom-com or something mm-hmm. for quite mm-hmm. a bit of the movie mm-hmm. which is hilarious it's just such a unusual take to it but yeah that that's what i got from it. i got it was very like it's very kind of like centered when you when you brings into when it brings you into it but it does have a very mainstream approach i got that that's i was wondering whether that's where you're going with that but i totally got that yeah yeah it's funny that you talk about the mainstream approach because so we you know when we were kind of planning the production mm-hmm. obviously you can see it's a very low budget production yeah um you know we didn't have a lot of money it's you know the first the first production was kickstarter okay um but when we were thinking about it, we were like, we were like ABC family movie that this yeah, should yeah. be like an yeah. ABC family movie. Uh-huh. Um, but, but with everything uh-huh. just a little skewed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Specifically, like you talk about like the, the plot, right? Like, mm-hmm. like um, this idea that he's going to pretend to be a baby mm-hmm. to get her to be a mom. It's, it's, I mean, it's almost like the Simpsons kind of thing, but it's even right. weirder than that because even, I feel like even Homer is not that mm-hmm. stupid. It's it's a really <laughs> <Right>. dumb plan. <laughs> yeah, um, and yet and mm-hmm. yet somehow we said, okay, if we can get them to go, you know, at least 10, 20 minutes into it, mm-hmm. then 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 we have them, you know? And so that's kind of the idea is that yeah, it's 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 a ridiculous setup, but uh but there is a payoff. There it makes it worth it, you know. Yeah, it takes some good uh, t- twists and turns uh, toward the second half and, and towards the end as well, too. There's like some, I don't want to give anything away, but there's, yeah, actually, I won't say anything about that. But but there is, uh, but there's some cool stuff that I did not see coming in this movie, especially yeah. like once once I reached that, that ending part as well, too. And, yeah, and, uh, we so go I, to the future. We go to the yeah, future. <laughs> it's like a lifetime, yeah, there's a lifetime movie feel to it. This totally has like a lifetime or Hallmark kind of like seasonal, you know, the way that it's lit, too, because it's very bright. Kind of mm-hmm. like the like mm-hmm. those lifetime movies, but then it That's becomes right. it definitely becomes like a dark comedy, and it goes into some horror territory, sort of mm-hmm. paralleling the baby in a little bit and in sections of it. But but yeah, no, I think it's a really cool like hodgepodge of all these different elements. Tell, tell us about your um, Kickstarter campaign. How'd you go about that, and uh, how'd you? Yeah, come yeah. So so Kickstarter uh, was was first successful. So I I'm mm-hmm. kind of a guy. I kind of 
build the plane while I'm flying it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I knew I had to get some money to make this movie um, beyond what I had. And so my parents were super supportive and helpful and they said, we'll match a Kickstarter. And so they, they were able to like match my kind of low ball Kickstarter number. Mm-hmm. Um, and that got us basically, I, it, you know, this it's gone on like, you know, nine years ago now. Um, but I think we got through all of production with that small amount of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then I had to edit it and I said, yeah. what do I do? <laughs> what do I do? So that's kind of, that's kind of why it has taken so long. That's, that's part of it. Um, we got some great footage. Uh, we got some great stuff and we got some, some not so great stuff. We shot the script basically as written and it was, it was mm-hmm. a pretty far along draft. Um, but then, you know, from that we wheedled away a lot of the script. So there's, mm-hmm. there's a lot in the script that's not in this movie. There's a lot more character development. I, I don't know how obvious that is to someone who, who doesn't know that, but you know, there's a, there's a lot more going on with Sal's friend on the boat Mm-hmm. Um, with, with Cersei, the new age gal, mm-hmm. um, kind of like B and C stories that are, that are completely gone from, from the movie to, to just make it clearer, to just yeah. make it punchier, to just make it more accessible for, for just a wide, wider audience. Um, that's the big thing with this movie is that I, you know, it's, it's funny that you do go to the, the lifetime thing. I, <laughs> you know, it's it's obviously not that kind of movie at all, mm-hmm. and yet at the same time, I just wanted it to be as mainstream as possible. Yeah, yeah. You know, I didn't want it to be as accessible to, you know, maybe maybe twelve, thirteen year old could watch this and not be too scandalized. But I feel like if they think about it for a little mm-hmm. while, then then they might be right. Yeah, If you think about the movie for a while, then it it, it is a little bit more adult. But um, but yeah, so um. Yeah, the first the first Kickstarter was successful. We we uh, you know shot everything that we needed to, started the editing process, and then we realized we needed to do another Kickstarter mm-hmm. for the kind of uh, you know more intense post production that we needed. Um, and then that Kickstarter actually failed, unfortunately. Mm. So that increase. So you know, if you don't have money, you do have time, right? So yeah, that's true. It's a yeah. project that is just like you know when we're not doing our day jobs, we're we're working on you know, shooting. And then when we're not doing our day jobs, we're working on editing and that took a while, but you know, we got there. So pretty yeah. exciting stuff to be done now. And, and, um, now that we're done, we're screening August 17th in Seattle. We're going to be, uh, at the central cinema on the big screen. That's awesome. And that's super exciting. Uh, you know, after this whole process, um, and then, uh, again, screening, uh, on the 20th in Portland. Mm-hmm. So again, West, another West Coast screening, and that's a free show, uh, open to to everybody who can come down to Portland to come see us August twentieth uh, at seven o'clock, and uh, and then two shows in Los Angeles on August twenty sixth and August twenty seventh. So, oh, awesome! Super excited any, about uh, these screenings. Have you done any test screenings with it yet? With like casting? We have or? no, we haven't done a test screening, uh, you know, on the big screen yet. Mm-hmm. We've, I mean, I, I, I've screened it on the big screen, so I've I've projected it. Um, mm-hmm. So I've definitely watched it on a big screen m- multiple times, m- yeah. multiple times on a big screen and on my television and on my computer monitor, obviously. Um, and I, I would, I would have loved to have done test screenings cause I think that could be, that is, that is super helpful. You know, I, I know a lot of filmmakers who, uh, you know, are very much into their, their vision and, and I am into, I'm into my vision. 
somewhat, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I do think test screenings are, are a really helpful way to like, you know, get information. Um, unfortunately we didn't get to do those, but I, I have, you know, a pretty tight circle of people who I went to school with and, mm-hmm. and good friends of mine, uh, who fr- friends of mine who aren't filmmakers and friends of mine who are filmmakers and kind of showing it to them at the various stages, I think helped a lot kind of yeah. piece it together and, and get it, uh, get it in pretty lean shape, you know? Have you got any uh, feedback from people that are are not used to like cult movies or anything else like that? Just like total normies. Have you gotten any feedback from them? Yeah, definitely, definitely. That was some of the some of the like kind of early rough cuts. I, I did it to some some normies, mm-hmm. you know, some some muggles, <laughs> and uh, got got some really good ideas about how sympathetic or unsympathetic certain characters were. Yeah. So that was that was pretty helpful. So yeah, I I do. I'm a firm believer in showing it to to people to kind of get get feedback and 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 try to craft it around the feedback because i yeah certain things that i think mm-hmm. are, are you know i i'm i'm a weirdo yeah. <laughs> you know i have weird weird <laughs> ideas and so i do try to show it to you know in my mind average folks but you know who knows how weird those folks are right yeah well i mean it, yeah it's surprising because it was done in a very like I mean, it's a very unusual movie, but it does have a lot of mainstream components to it. And it does have like that sitcom element to it. It's just, it's funny to see something like with like such a uh, unusual hybrid or, or mix to it. It's, but it's cool. I think this is what's great about independent movies. This is like a total, like a playground where you can experiment and do whatever you want and maybe even create your own genre, you know, if it, if it works. So I think that's cool. You're constantly seeing like, this is like what we see in indie movies aside from Hollywood movies is they keep remaking stuff. Or they would, or they keep like, or they would, they would do like a remake of the baby, but it wouldn't even resemble it except for just like name only, you know? <laughs> um, but, uh, but, and that's, and it's always like remakes, always like kind of like stale things with a few exceptions, but the indie stuff that I've been seeing is just kind of like going off the rails with how different and unusual and experimental everything is getting. I think it's really cool. I think this time that we're in is actually really cool, especially for when I was talking to somebody about this recently about, you know, the, when COVID, when everything shifted over to streaming, you know, now you're going to get a chance to play this movie in some theaters, but also like the streaming market for it, I think it's going to be like, we're seeing like a lot of success with that because everybody got so used to streaming over COVID now that it's going to, I think like the indie audience for that's going to, going to pretty much boom as a result of that. I think absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, for, for this release, you know, we're doing it all independently. So there's, there's no real distribution behind it other than my own company. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we're, we're, we're doing it in theaters, but also streaming simultaneously. So simultaneously mm-hmm. you be able to rent it on Vimeo. That is cool. Um, that's a good idea. Yeah. And that's the way, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the way Hollywood's kind of doing it too. I mean, yeah. Dune, Dune came out and then Dune was immediately on HBO. So yeah. it's, it's very, we're trying to, we're trying to keep it, you know, as mainstream as possible <laughs> yeah. with, with our strange, uh, you know, story and kind of strange subject matter, you know? Yeah. And how did you go about like, okay. So with the actors that you picked on there, were you, did you know them beforehand or how did you go about approaching them with the subject matter? Yeah. Yeah. So all the actors are kind of like Seattle underground theater actors mm-hmm. who, um, I met, I did a bunch of auditions, um, and kind of met a bunch of people, and um, I kind of rewrote the script for the the folks who I liked, you know, and and who kind of got it, you know. Um, Asa, who plays Sal Howard, the man baby, 
Um, mm-hmm. He was actually referred by one of the by uh, Cersei, the, the girl who plays mm-hmm. uh, the the New Age uh, gal, Cersei. Um, you know, she said, "Oh, I know this guy who who would be perfect for him." And so we actually had like th- I had three different guys kind of in mind for that role, mm-hmm. and uh, it just so happened that he was kind of the he was kind of this, the most available. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he was great. Yeah. He was great. Yeah. And, uh, and he's, but he's great. You know, mm-hmm. he, he's great. Um, he's a really good, uh, he's really good theatrical performer. Um, you know, he's been in a bunch of, bunch of stage productions and, uh, he's written plays too. He's really great. I mean, ev- everybody on the, on the cast and crew is kind of artists in their own, in their yeah. own right. Um, you know, Sydney who plays Dana, the, the wife, uh, you know, she's a fantastic artist, uh, like visual artist and musician. Um, Anya, who who is uh, Cersei, is a uh, award winning poet, I, I believe. And, and forgive me if they're if they're listening to this, they have to forgive me if I'm getting this wrong. But I mean, they're, they're, everybody on the cast, um, you know, has a has a really uh, kind of substantial artistic body of work that that. I was really proud of had nothing to do with me casting them, <laughs> mm-hmm. but, but everybody was kind of into, into the idea of, you know, this kind of DIY, we're going to, we're going to make art. We're going to make fun art. We're going to make this movie here in, here in Seattle and make it for no money and, and just kind of do it and create this art. So that's helpful when everybody's kind of in, into it for, for the art, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They like everybody, it was great because like everybody seemed like a hundred percent committed to it. So yeah, you didn't get the, and like, which is great because you're kept in the movie the whole time. It was especially important with like a movie. that's a little bit different for everybody to be completely into it, but they were all immersed and it was great. And Sal had awesome comic timing too. Yeah. But. Yeah. I think he's great. He's great in it. I, I think that, you know, um, yeah, if, if there is a strong part of this movie for sure, it's, mm-hmm. it's the performances, uh, yeah. you know, I feel like they are really, you know, a little bit above what I've seen in kind of these no budget indie movies mm-hmm. for performances. I feel like they, they, they really kind of took, took the, took the cake for, for their acting, you know? Yeah. What was the, what was the biggest, well, aside from money, I guess, what was, what was the biggest challenge of making this movie? Yeah. I mean, money is the biggest, but I would say, you know, next after that it's just scheduling because it's just everybody's working nine mm-hmm. to five jobs or, or not even nine to five jobs you know asa at the time you know man baby was working kind of shift work he's a he's a dad too mm-hmm. you know so he's taking care of his kids it's there's there's just the pure pure like kind of getting getting people on set mm-hmm. <laughs> you know scheduling yeah yeah there's the more thing. than one person to show up at the same yeah that's why you notice like with all those movies it's just like if they just have a couple of people talking you're like that seems like that would probably be even difficult to get that because uh because yeah, yeah scheduling does seem to be the most difficult problem and, and plus you were doing now were you doing it over like the span of time where you had to stop and then like pick up after several months or a little bit a little bit so you know we had a we got a i would say we got like 75 percent of the movie done in mm-hmm. October of 2014. Yeah. Um, we had it. We, we, I rented a house. We had a house rental, uh, which was kind of the set and, and kind of shot everything that happens in the house in in one big chunk. And then, and did that in about a month. And then in only about like two or three weeks, we shot everything in the lab, mm-hmm. all the, all the 
mad science lab stuff. We got that done in about two or three weeks right after that. And then uh, the comedy club stuff was actually, like I said about the script, like there was a lot more in the script that we shot. So the comedy club stuff was actually like planned on being like a two day shoot. I think it was. And and then it became only a one day shoot. So we yeah. we were already like editing, <laughs> you know, in camera, um, getting stuff done uh there so but yeah i would say that um yeah we we were we were mostly done everything by 2015 i'd say like that was like 90 99 done but then we did pickups in 2020 over the pandemic so you had like a five-year pause before um we went ahead and then like we had to like kind of reshoot some stuff and just use some clarifying information like Mostly like pickup, like, you know, and I say pickup, it's like, like close, like extreme close ups, that kind of thing. No, no, no real like scene reshoots um, happened at all, actually. So, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So oh, that was good. pretty, that was pretty good. Um, but yeah. So, so there are some parts that are like, yeah, five, you know, five years apart from each other, I guess. But, but yeah, I would say for the most part, we got most of it done when we were actually shooting it, you know, mm. <laughs> Most oh, and I think it's smart to keep it. So like low budget like that too, because you, you save yourself from when well, you, you kept the locations um, like simplest. It's like, there were some big ideas in it, but you mm-hmm. also kept it minimalistic, which is great. And that's all, that's like what uh, Ted and I always talk about is like having these like large, much larger ideas. Cause there's larger ideas, like with the science lab and everything, but, uh, but, and that's like what indie movies I think do do great is when they're restricted, they use those, they tap into those larger ideas, but the scale of it's, it's smaller, but you're, you're thinking that you're watching something, your brain is sort of tricking you watching something much larger because the ideals are much larger. Like the, like the place that they work at the lab that they work at where they come up with all the secrets and everything. It kind of reminded me of, um, I, this is what I was going to ask you. Cause that, that reminded me of where weird science at the beginning when it was, when it was shown in the lab, but what are oh, the yeah. other instincts or like, um, as what are the other influences that you brought into it aside from the Ted post classic? Oh yeah. I would say, um, I mean, my personal, uh, I mean, specifically for this movie, I always say, you know, that movie, uh, gaslight, which is a great noir from the forties, uh, about the yeah. guy, uh, tricking his wife into thinking she's going crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was uh, kind of a big influence on this. Definitely some of the early John Waters movies, Pink oh, Flamingos, yeah. mm-hmm. and that sort of thing definitely influenced me. And it, especially in terms of like, hey, like let's just get a camera and make a movie kind mm-hmm. of thing, and we 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 can do it ourselves. Um, another big influence on this movie actually is the you know famous art film last tango in paris oh uh, yeah brando, yeah huh? yeah brando is in it and uh you know because it's about weird sex yeah <laughs> and man baby's not about weird sex but mm-hmm. it kind of is in a you know in this in this very subtle uh you know covert way i guess um so those are some of the big ones i mean uh definitely Pee-wee's Big Adventure and just the Pee-wee yeah. Herman persona was a big oh, thing that we, that we talked about a lot. I forgot we the guy, the, the friend of his that was playing in the top, Francis. Yeah, yeah Francis. And he was back. Francis. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, see, but these are all like, 
these are all cameos in all these other movies aside, aside from like the main character or being about them right that's funny that's funny right. you mentioned right. people no that's cool that's cool like some noir influences in there last tango in paris was rated x from what I, that's another movie they show a lot of people in film school actually like it last is. tango in paris it yeah is. yeah yeah i didn't watch it until it was on netflix i don't mm-hmm. think um but uh but yeah gosh it, it really knocked me out it really knocked me out uh, specifically i mean that's an influence i think you know it's it's hard in man baby i don't know if you saw this mm-hmm. but you know i was really trying also i guess maybe a little bit of like terry gilliam really mm-hmm. trying to use wide lenses to to kind of exaggerate visuals in mm-hmm. man baby i knew i didn't have oh, a lot of money yeah and, that's cool yeah yeah i was definitely mm-hmm. trying to um kind of create that creepy atmosphere with with the wide lenses mm-hmm. um and lo- and long takes and and just kind of um I don't know. I think that kind of makes it more more surreal, more otherworldly. Um, yeah, more more cartoony, right? Um, yeah, that's right. It does give like that cartoonish kind of over the top vibe to it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely trying to like do um, you know kind of more like two dimensional compositions, which mm-hmm. which I know my my camera person uh, Rakesh, who's you know fantastic like photographer, like mm-hmm. like outdoor nature photographer. Um, he he really didn't like. So, like a lot of my ideas for things, but I really wanted to keep it kind of like, like a comic book and, and mm-hmm. not a comic book, like a Marvel movie, but like a comic mm-hmm. book, like flat, like real flat kind of compositions and really kind mm-hmm. of 2d um, to kind of give it that just cartoony feel, which, um, you know, looking back on it, as I look at some of the footage, sometimes I'm like, ah, I wish, I wish I would have maybe given this a little bit more depth and a little bit more dynamicism mm-hmm. um, because I think I, I, it kind of goes back to, you know, I think more people will respond to that, right? It, it's it's a little bit more like conventional and normal when a movie has more depth and, and, and more of that. But that, that is kind of one little artistic thing that I, that I guess I tried for and didn't, didn't quite pull it off the way I'd hoped, but you know, got to try. <laughs> yeah. So when you went to, so when you did your distribution, did you, are you self-distributing this or did you? I am. Yeah. So this is all self-distributed through my company, which is, um, Seattle video marketing. So mm-hmm. my, that, my day job is that I'm, I, I make films in my day job, but just for video marketing. Um, so kind of, I guess a little bit like, uh, the great George Romero, right. Who, yeah. who uh, did corporate corporate work absolutely he did all those industrial movies yeah industrial. I, can't remember, I can't remember what the name of his company was but that's right yeah he did all those like commercials and everything else yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so yeah so i do um i don't do a lot of commercials i actually mainly do like social media mm-hmm. ads so video video social media ads for companies um and that's that's that is also my company that made man baby and my company that you know is distributing man baby so um yeah, just doing it all ourselves. Um, obviously, not, not not a big money maker yet. Uh, knock on wood. Maybe who knows? We get it out, get it out there. We maybe sell some tickets. People listen to this podcast, maybe, and hear it. Come see it in uh, Seattle. Come see it in LA. We'll oh, see. I definitely, we'll see yeah, I definitely think it has a chance to to get a cult audience for sure. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, awesome. So, and what would you like people to what? What would you like people to walk away from after they watch this movie? What would you like to, them to get from this? Yeah, the three big things that I'm trying to get out of people is uh, I want to make people laugh. Mm. I want to want to make them have a good time, you know. Um, and at the same time, I want to make them squirm a little bit. I, right. I want to yeah. kind of make them. <laughs> 
get a little uncomfortable because there's, as you know, there's some uncomfortable things in this movie. Mm -hmm. And those two things combined, um, I think will do a really cool thing. I think it will make them think a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so those are the, that's, that's what I would just want to, and doesn't matter if you, if you like this movie or you hate it, like that, you know, I, I've been making movies since I was a little kid and I have a pretty thick skin. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of people are not going to like this movie. I can tell, even though, We've been talking. We're like, hey, it's kind of main we're trying to I'm trying to make it mainstream, but I know that that's not necessarily going to happen, you know, but if you laugh a little bit, if if you laugh at it and you're like, oh, that's so silly, you know, and if it and you kind of get a little uncomfortable and it makes you think, then I think it I think then, you know, then I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that all my three reactions. I had. <laughs> nice. <laughs> like, nice. Yeah. But I, but like, yeah, I'm. Yeah, it's it's hard to say like like what people will yeah, well, like what kind of reaction people have to especially if people that aren't familiar with cult movies, but yeah, mm -hmm. it's interesting, but I definitely do think it has a big uh cult movie potential for it. Cool. Yeah, well, absolutely. I thank, you. I thank you. What was your can I ask what was your favorite part? Oh, uh, well, I, I will tell you like the one that sticks out in my mind right away that just kept making me laugh. There's there's a so there's a, when they do kind of like a montage about when she's learning how to like take care, when he tricks her into thinking that he's a baby and she's doing, so she's sort of like bonding with him and they do that mon and they, there's this part of the montage, like they do in so many of these movies, like, like these Mr. Mom kind of movies where, and they always have this, the same scene in there where like the guys like changing the diapers and so like she's changing them. And then you see like this, this stream, like spray, like in front of her face. And I just, just busted out loud laughing. It was, just, it was just so like out nice. of nowhere, but also the same thing, making fun of what they have in, in uh, those montages and all those movies like that it was just hilarious. But that's uh, awesome. That's yeah. awesome. It, it, it's funny that you mentioned that scene. We we've me and the editor have talked about that, um, how that might be the that might be the worst thing that he does to her, <laughs> yeah. you know, because he's pretending and he's that's really right. yeah. peeing on her, you know, and it's kind of it's just not not good, not a good uh, thing to do to someone, obviously. Um, yeah. Maybe I shouldn't have left then. Uh, right, right. It's it makes you question things, I guess. Yeah. Right. I I yeah. wonder. I, I just about saw, that all the time. I just saw it as like it basically making fun of those um those sort of stock scenes, those sort of yes. stock montage scenes. So that yes. was that yes. was the that was the instinct. Yes. But, yes. but yeah, now that you mentioned that, that was kind of uh maybe not very nice. Yes. <laughs> but she does something very not nice to him after that. that so I guess this is true. Even, uh, this is so. true. This is true. It is it I guess you know, when you talk about cult movies, there is mm -hmm. that's another genre that it kind of references is kind of the, the rape revenge movie, right? It is yeah. kind of the, the I spit on your grave kind of, you know, there is an element of that in this for sure that I hope, you know, people see and yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Appreciate or, or not. And, and then the other, uh, if, if you notice the, the kind of the jokes in the montage, mm -hmm. uh, were you, were you, were you familiar with the tree of life parody? I feel like that, that's something I should ask. Oh, uh, that one I'm not familiar with. No. So kind of at towards the have you mm -hmm. seen the movie Tree of Life? Uh, I, I I think I've seen Malik? parts of it, but I haven't I haven't seen the whole thing. Yeah, I've only seen like little like sort of snippets of it. Yeah, def definitely definitely the the that last montage when he's mm -hmm. a real baby, you know, when he when oh, mm -hmm. and it's and he's got the makeup on and he's mm -hmm. it, that montage is is definitely pretty pretty it works in two different ways. It's pretty sincere because they are pretty happy, I guess. And it is really, 
but obviously it's really weird. She's she's forcing him to be a baby, which is you mm-hmm. know pretty horrific. And uh, and and beneath all that, it's kind of a it's a little parody of uh, some of the montages in the movie Tree of Life. Mm-hmm. That, uh, oh, it's great. People yeah. people like mm-hmm. and so it's kind of weird, weird weird parody reference, but uh, <laughs> definitely in there. So. Oh, there will be some film nerds that will get that right away for sure. I hope so. I hope yeah. so. I hope so. Yeah. So uh, tell us where we can find uh, where we can find your work. Yeah. So Man Baby is uh, you can go to manbabymovie.com and you can get tickets for any of the uh, live shows or streaming. Um, you actually can't stream it right now until uh, you, you stream it August 17th. So the day it comes out in theaters and that's the day you can stream it and rent it. And August 17th, 7 p.m. in Seattle, uh, Seattle Central District. Central Cinema is where the world premiere is going to be. I'm going to be there. Um, Sydney's going to be there, which is really exciting. So you can meet Sydney. You can meet me. You can meet uh, most of the crew is going to be there. Uh, Most of the actors are going to be there. Asa, who plays Man Baby, is not going to be there. He's going to be at our Portland show, which will be a couple days later, um, August 20th, Saturday night at 7. Asa will be there, and that's a free show. So that's going to be really fun. I'm going to be there again, and Ace is going to be there. Um, anybody that's listening, we'd, we'd love for y'all to come on out and see the show for free in Portland. Um, or if you're in Seattle, I think it's $14. And you can buy tickets now. So you can go online. Um, if you go to manbabymovie.com, you can, you can buy those tickets there on the website. And then the encore performance in Los Angeles. If if there are any listeners in LA um, who want to come out and see us, it's going to be a late show. Which, like you were saying, like there might be this kind of cult thing for this movie. Um, this is going to be a later show in Los Angeles. It's nine thirty on a Friday night, August twenty sixth, and nine thirty on a Saturday night, August twenty seventh, at the Lemley Royal in Los Angeles in West LA. Ooh, so anybody yeah. that's listening, yeah, come on down down to the Lemley Royal and I'll be there again. Mm-hmm. Um, we won't have a Q and a there. It's just, it's just going to screen. We're not going to do any kind of events or anything, but I'll be there. So if you want to meet me and hang out and get a drink or something, come on down. Um, man, baby on the big screen, all those nights. And then if you can't make any of those, um, manbabymovie.com, you just go there, click streaming and you can rent it on Vimeo on the 17th. Awesome. So, yeah, That's so how go, people can get it. Yeah, go check out uh, Man Baby Live if you can make any of these performances, or if you can make any of the live shows. And also, if you can't, uh, or just watch it again, uh, watch it streaming, and then also do it as a double feature with the baby because I think this would make a pretty sweet double feature with the baby. One of this one's a little bit more comedic, but it has some dark stuff in it. But the the baby itself is pretty much like just dark the whole way through. So if you want to like start it a little bit funnier and then get more serious or vice versa, swap it out. But I think it'd make a fantastic double feature. Agreed. Agreed. I think that would be a, a cool little double feature for sure. Awesome. Well, it was fantastic talking to you, Tim and anything else you want to leave uh, with the audience? Any final words? No, just check out manbabymovie.com. I, I want to thank you guys so much for having me on. Uh, this has been great. Appreciate your time. Absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm very curious to see how this movie develops and, uh, how the cult audience comes into it. So, and it's so bizarre too, because with cult movies, they can happen right away or it could just be years later and all of a sudden people discover it. But usually people discover it when it comes to streaming. So I think now we're going to see that happen sooner than later. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm, I'm, I am excited to see what happens, but uh, yeah, we're just trying to get this one out out there now and and see what happens. But uh, yeah, gonna be exciting to see for sure. I'll keep you posted. Okay, awesome. Yeah, we'll post updates on it as well too. Thank All you right, so Tim. much. Yeah, great talking to you. We've been talking to Tim Lytell, director of Man Baby. I hope the audience has a good rest of the week, and we will see you next time on Dead Harvey Podcast. Mm-hmm.